It is Thursday, April 8th, 2021. Today we discuss a recap of the show so far and a deep dive into digital discovery. I am Michael Haskins, architect, technologist, and this is the Technology Architecture Solution Engineering Show. In the virtual studio, we have with us today, Joe Kostler. How you doing, Joe? Great. Happy to be here. Glad you could be here. So for uh, transparency purposes and uh, letting everyone know, we refer to the day job as our primary sponsor, Aspirant. And Joe, you are part of Aspirant, right? That's correct. I'm an engagement manager with our insights and innovations practice. That's excellent. So uh, just kind of give us a quick overview of what insights and innovation is. And I know we're going to talk a little bit about digital discovery, which is part of that. Uh, What's the realm of what you guys cover? Yeah, so um, digital discovery aside, what we're really after is is drawing insights from data, helping organizations uh, really analyze and, and take uh, different looks at the information that's flowing through the organization and, and drawing those insights out of those. And, and that can be every everything from the initial, you know, just data dives and dumps and, and understanding what's going on there all the way up through even to the point of product creation and generation based on consumer feedback. So really a full gamut of things. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. So when we have a guest that comes on that, you know, we have the potential of having on frequently, we like to put them through the paces. So we'll spend a little bit of time. We'll kind of grill you a little bit and uh, get to know you. So favorite book. Uh, so I'll actually call to a, a Star Wars trilogy that I've read a while back. Um, okay. It's I believe it's legend, not necessarily canon, but it's around a character, Darth Bane. Okay. And you know, he brings out, um, the rule of two in, in Sith, uh, lore. So pretty cool to see a different side of the coin from the star Wars universe and, and a pretty sweet trilogy. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Definitely good. Always a fan of the, of the star Wars and Trek for that matter. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. I'll find the episode where we bantered that like entirely too long. (laughs) (laughs) Favorite movie. Um, that's a tough one. A lot of good ones out there. Uh, I'll have to select maybe more on the funny side. We'll go with Super Troopers, the first one. Oh, that is good. Uh, that is a funny one. Um, shenanigans always comes to mind when I hear that movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so um, Spotify or Amazon Music or whatever device you use, what is your most played song? Ooh. It, That's tough to say. One of the top yeah. ten first ten, anyways. Yeah, uh, let's go with. Um, can I look? Is it cheating if I look while we're on the call? <laughs> well, what we can do is while you're looking, I'll, 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 the penalty is I'll give you the next one. So aside from your like in your top five, ten favorite song, um, Android or iOS? Android. I'm an unabashed Android man, so. Nice. Um, I did grab the Google phone because I wanted the stock Android. So mm. I've been rocking that for a couple of years now just to to get into that. Yeah. So I drank the Kool-Aid at Samsung. So, <laughs> so I'm there. I'm there. Uh, so songs, what do you got? Yeah. Speak to me or breathe from Dark Side of the Moon. Ah, awesome. Good stuff. Good stuff. Something that people know you but wouldn't know about you. Um, this is the on the spot ones. 
<laughs> yeah, they, they get you that I am an avid gamer, um, which you might see if, if video was on. I have the gaming chair and, and mm-hmm. set up. If you don't know me outside, you know, in my personal life, I'm a, I'm a pretty big gamer. And what's that game of choice? Uh, over the last couple of years, it's been Rocket League. Uh, oh, love yeah, the Rocket League. <laughs> yeah, rocket-powered soccer, right? Rocket-powered yep. cars playing soccer. It's got a super high skill ceiling and, you know, constantly, you know, competing with others at, and trying to get better. That's excellent. That's good stuff. Um, yeah, that's that's good stuff. And it's like, you know, we you get to know how people think based upon some of their interests and things around that. So, you know, hopefully uh, what you say below, I can like maybe sprinkle in a little Sith Lord lore. (laughs) (laughs) So we wanted to uh, recap uh, some of the shows that we touched on so far for the year. So, I mean, we do have some stuff that is uh, more for the business that is, you know, general for general consumption, but we do have some things that are nerdy out. Um, We nerd out quite a bit on the show, we come up for air quite frequently too. So I just wanted to kind of bring some attention to some of the shows. So if you're a first time listener, we want you to listen to all of them, obviously. Uh, but there's a couple we just want to call out in 21 that we hit up. So uh, let me get my list going here. So episode 62, obviously it's low hanging fruit. It was our year end special and looking forward to 2021. So we had uh, Ari Wolfeld from ELB and Christopher Lasson, uh, as well as some others uh, just kind of adding color to the conversation and we took a quick look back at 20 and since 20 was was an interesting year uh, we wanted to make sure that we you know called attention to some things but also look for brighter times in 21 which we're starting to experience now with you know things starting to open up and vaccines everywhere and well quite frankly in southwestern Pennsylvania the sun's shining a little bit so uh, check out episode 62 because at the end of the year especially if you're a new listener to us at the end of the year, we kind of do a fact check, you know, like we do some bold predictions for what's going to happen throughout the year. And what we'll do is we'll just, we'll check it and see what happens. So check that one out. One of the other ones we wanted to kind of touch on, this is obviously low hanging fruit again is uh, episode 64 where we had Dean Campbell introducing aspirant. And uh, we talk about web tools in the workplace. And also I, bring up the Samsung S21, which I have the S21 Ultra. Full circle in the iOS Android conversation. Um, so yeah, we get to, we got to learn a little bit about Aspirant. So if you're new to Aspirant and you're a listener, feel free to check out 64. Uh, I'm sure Joe will do justice for the whole of Aspirant, but specifically in his practice area. But check that one out. One of the other ones we wanted to touch on was the collaboration corner with Ari. It's a regular monthly uh, feature we have. And we kind of focus around collaboration tools, Microsoft Teams, what's happening with updates. Uh, Dev, who's a regular uh, contributor to our show, he's on and he has Teams in the last 30. So in the last 30 days or the last month, what are the new features coming out with Teams? Because Teams happens, Teams development and features happen like daily or weekly. It's just all this new stuff coming out. So we want to keep everybody up to speed. And then the last one I wanted to touch on was episode 65. And that is the January data download with Christopher Furless. Chris being a, uh, a cloud architect and a data architect for Microsoft. Uh, he comes on the show once a month and we usually talk about all things data. Uh, what does it mean to have um, you know different types of platforms versus 
reporting versus some of the new features coming out. Good stuff. That episode 65 is kind of one of my favorites. It, it also features the S21 Ultra, by the way. <laughs> so I, that was totally not predicted. I just saw S21 Ultra in the show notes, and I was like, man. Uh, that particular episode actually circles a lot around cognitive services. So we touch on cognitive services, machine learning, and AI. So it was definitely that those episodes are very anticipated. We got a lot of listeners for the collaboration corner and the data download. And I thought this episode 65 kind of pairs a little bit about what we're going to talk about shortly with digital discovery. Before we do that, we're going to take a quick moment and we're going to pause. We're going to hear a word from our sponsor and then we're going to come right back and then we will get to the ground, start working. Okay. See you guys on the other side. Hey, listeners. So by now, you know that while we bring you the latest and greatest tech news, tips and trends by night, by day, we run the Microsoft Cloud Solutions practice within Aspirant Consulting. Aspirant is a global management and technology consulting firm that challenges the antiquated, ineffective consulting model. Unlike the bigger firms, we focus on delivering sustainable results for our clients through broad, integrated expertise. From operational process design to organizational change to app development and pretty much anything you can imagine in the cloud, our team can help yours overcome whatever challenge it's facing. So check us out at Aspirant.com, follow us on LinkedIn, or follow the link in the show notes to learn more about Aspirant and our breadth of capabilities. Aspirant Consulting, experienced teams, real results. And we are back. So we were just getting to know Joe Kostler from Aspirant uh, just a little bit. And uh, I think we're ready to hit our main topic, which is digital discovery. Um, so uh, some people might not know what digital discovery is. Uh, so let's kind of like flesh that out, uh, what it is from, from an offering and a product and what it you know kind of means for organizations. How about it, Joe? Yeah, awesome. So digital discovery was really our solution as a smaller consulting firm uh, to compete with the larger firms. So the more traditional firms, they typically have a, a pyramid-like structure. And when they're working with clients, their leadership you know, is hand-in-hand -hand with those, those higher-level stakeholders. But then to actually understand what's going on in the organization, they're going to send out a lot of junior-level people to go be the boots on the ground. And as I mentioned, being smaller, we don't necessarily have those those folks that we can uh, send out and, and do the fact finding and, and do the information gathering. And so uh, a few years ago, you know, we sat down and said, how can we sort of disrupt that model and, and do it in a unique or different way that's more agile and more akin to us as uh, a smaller firm and ours? answer to that was to essentially leverage technology. And, and at the time, the technology, and, and still really now, that's been hot on everybody's list is AI and machine learning. And so from there, you know, we decided to build a solution that revolved around that, that as its core, um, AI, and use it in a way that could do that fact-finding, do that information gathering for us, and and really speed up um, understanding an, an entire organization's worth of data uh, so that we can then provide insight and and recommendations based on that information back to those, those business leaders and, and our clientele. 
That's excellent. So, so when you're when you say data, so for for some listeners, it might mean one thing. As I smash the mic, and for others, it means something completely different. Um, is there is there any kind of marker that would preclude or include certain types of data? What kind of data are you doing this discovery against? Yeah, so typically it's the qualitative kind. It's, you know, almost a replacement for those one-on-one interviews or focus groups where um, we're we're giving folks a forum to speak, giving them the opportunity to to provide their voice um, against certain topics. And then we take that information and we pump it through the tool and we're able to quickly distill, you know, what what are the major themes folks are talking about? What are they keying in on and, and how are they talking about those things? Um, so that we can then really, again, just understand what's going on within the organization and, and turn that into action, right? Yeah, absolutely. It, it makes complete sense. Um, so there's there's a lot of things spinning in my scary brain on how this can apply. I mean, I know for the day job, certain things, projects that we have, uh, we can see some benefits from like if we're realizing some you know collaboration platforms, or if we're looking to try to enable employees instead of just saying, oh, here's a platform, you can. Instead of putting the boots on the ground and having the man hours be charged against a project to have people run around and assess this, you can present them with questions and have them fill out the questionnaire, and then all of that comes back in, right? So that that's just one use case that I, that I can think of, and, and I know I'm going way out of order for what I kind of want to talk to, but it's just my brain works like that. It's like it's, it's connect the dots, right? It's super easy. Getting that telemetry helps make decisions. Um, so the question then is is like as someone who could use this for a project that's not necessarily the total use for it it's to map to a project right who is the consumer of this who, who's the who's the one who's the what's the type of business that would use this and then number two what is the output and who gets that what audience reviews that yeah so typically you know we're geared towards working with business leaders decision makers you know anyone really who's faced with a difficult decision and they don't have all of the facts or the answers to help make that decision Um, we really try to position ourselves as somebody who can help you sort of gain that information that's locked within the organization that doesn't necessarily um, move through the, the chain of command. And so being able to, to reach out and, and talk to all of the different people and do so in a way that's unobtrusive, right? You, you mentioned, you know, we're not taking up a ton of time. Hey, jump on answer out this questionnaire. It takes anywhere from five to, to 15 minutes. And with that, we can then turn around and, and provide valuable insight to those business leaders to then help them make those decisions. Uh, I would say that, you know, organization size, you're, you're typically looking for a, a mid to larger size organization who's really going to benefit from this because the smaller you go, the more likely it is that maybe the leader can actually just go and and, and talk to the folks and bring them all together and, and have a more open discussion. Um, so we really find the, the best use of this when you have, you know, loads of employees and you're trying to reach out and trying to incorporate their knowledge and information and expertise into a decision that needs to be made. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, oh, by the way, as, as a, a new guest on the show, I say absolutely all the time. So <laughs> I have a little counter in the window. So when we do videos, I actually have a little counter going out there. Nice. Uh, we'll provide that in the show notes after we get this through editing for everyone out there who's familiar with that. Um, so so that is definitely uh, useful in in because if it's like the five person accounting office down the road, you can kind of just like say, Hey, what do you think? And then maybe have a round table. But when you are like in the hundreds, the thousands uh, of people, that's a whole different ball of wax. Right. And just your typical, like send out a survey monkey, not a sponsor, uh, send that out. And then you just get kind of the total sum, but you might be missing some things, maybe context. Uh, how does that work? I mean, because it's not just a, a survey and here's the results and here's a pie graph showing you that there's there's some kind of magic behind the scenes that ha- helps make those data points meaningful. Can you expand on that a little bit? Definitely. So uh, we actually take a two pronged approach um, depending on sort of the engagement that that we're utilizing the the tool in. Uh, on one hand. You know, you have things like uh, pre-built models and uh, supervised machine learning where there's a lot of data that's already been trained and we can just pump the new information through that and draw conclusions based on, um, you know, existing data and existing labels and topics. Um, so that's one way that, that we can approach it. And, and that typically is used when we're reusing a, a type of assessment. Maybe it's something like, let's say, an employee engagement uh, or some kind of maturity assessment that, that we've used a few times and we've built up a repository of data associated with that. Now we're leveraging you know, predictive models to tell us, hey, based on the information that I know, here's what I think about this new information coming in, essentially. Yeah. So we we take a, lo- a look at it through that lens. The second lens is unsupervised machine learning, where we're really just letting the tool take the, the incoming data, try to find similarities in, in what's being talked about, how it's being talked about, and then it essentially graphs that information for us and says, hey, we think there's there's several different topics being talked about here, and here's the related information for each one of those topics. Yeah, that that's you know a, a great way of putting it. And there's you know if I can remember to put it into the show notes, um, there was a uh, LinkedIn video by one of the leaders in machine learning that kind of shows the difference between the supervised and unsupervised. And you know sometimes sometimes you have like un not undesired but unintended results from the unsupervised. And you know obviously you have you can throw out your highs and your lows to try to get you know mean line and all that and is that automated or is that something that that you or your team are interfacing with to try to work with that because you know it is good those models are great and it helps cut the curve down from a time perspective um are there eyes on it yeah so uh when it comes to you know i i think what we're kind of alluding to is sort of biases in the model so that, yes. you know, it's not, it's not really doing something it shouldn't be doing. Um, yes, there are eyes on that. That being said, you know, as proactive as you can be, there are going to be times where you, you may run afoul. Um, and that's, that's really why we like to approach it from that two prong sort of attack, because, 
because where one may fail, the other one picks up the slack and, and, you know, succeeds. So in an instance where maybe the results that we're seeing don't necessarily look right, and that's going to be something that our analyst is reviewing, you know, before we, we push those results out to, to be client facing, we can quickly pivot and utilize the other side of the tool to say, Hey, let's rerun this. Let's take another look at this and let's see maybe, uh, uh, an unbiased way, you know, something that's that's being represented not from historical data, but just from the current data set that we're looking at. Sure, yeah, for sure. The uh, so the, without giving away the secret sauce, because this is, I should preface, this is a built solution by Aspire. This is a, not something that you can just go run and subscribe to at the corner market. Uh, this is something unique to Aspirant. And so without giving away the secret sauce, like what, what kind of components that you can talk to are on the back end? Uh, we'll dip down in the, into, the, into the geek zone just a wee bit. What kind of components are in the back end uh, that help, uh, generic components that help make this so? Yeah, so um, starting with, with really the data intake up front, in-house uh, assessment tool built out so that we can uh, essentially pull the data in from the organization. Um, it is built in a way that that lets us go beyond um, just assessment, so modularity mm -hmm. from a data intake perspective, um, as well as on the back end, uh, just those really those two models. So when we think about the supervised side of things, um, you know, certain custom algorithms associated with that, again, developed in-house um, and same with same with on the unsupervised side. So as we pull that information in, we're doing a lot of batch processing in the background. There's some calls out to 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 some API calls out to different services out in the um, NLP world. So natural language processing world, just mm -hmm. because there's there's libraries and dictionaries out there that we want to leverage because the communities sure. have been so fantastic over the years in, in keeping these things updated and, and pushing those um, and really pushing the, the bar forward on those. So we leverage some of what the community's done and, and we pull that information together to then um, as, as new information, as new data comes in from our clients, uh, run our, our custom algorithms against those and then leveraging actually Microsoft's Power BI, we then take and visualize those and, and embed those into a web portal for, for our clients to then log in and view. That's awesome. Uh, we are fans of the Microsoft. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Yep, for sure, for sure. So um, if I am uh, in charge of a business unit or of an organization and I'm thinking to myself, uh, I like what I hear. There's maybe some projects we want to get get our grasp, get our hands around. And you mentioned uh, some of the natural language processing Um I guess not to put a cap on it, but like in 90 seconds or less for those who don't know, one of the natural language processing. And when we equate that to like Microsoft Cognitive Services, which I mentioned earlier in episode, go check out. It's looking for, you know, words that are used. Uh, sometimes it really depends on how you deploy it. Sometimes the words you used in the order you use them, some will denote context. Um, so if I'm a business owner or 
in charge of a business or a unit and I say, okay, that's great. But the taxonomy for my business is completely unique. Uh, like, so, you know, what a bucket is for Lowe's is different from what a bucket is for, you know, Caterpillar who makes like machinery. So is there ways that you can, can customize the solution while still leveraging the other goodness that's built out? Definitely. Um, so, you know, as I mentioned, we do have instances where we have a little bit more standard templated type assessments, for instance, things like employee engagement, uh, digital maturity, digital transformation, those sorts of things. Um, but really where this thing shines is actually allowing that customization for the client. And what that looks like real as a use case, typically, you know, you have your current state and the organization is trying to get to some future state, whether that be through, you know, changes in employee capabilities um, or, or understanding really um, the perceptions that the organization has from a cultural standpoint. And so what we do is we go in and, and we, we start out with some, some introductory you know, focus groups, try to get a lay of the land for ourselves to then be able to develop that custom assessment to get that lay of the land, to understand the the current state. And once we have that baseline, and that's from the whole organization, we can then better map them to the proposed future state, right? And that's going to mm-hmm. be organization-specific, industry-specific. Um, and we can leverage the unsupervised machine learning because we don't necessarily need historical information to be able to say, here's the different things people are talking about within your current state, right? That's that's going to be made up on the fly. That's going to be relevant for that particular company. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And it's uh it's so flexible. So sitting sitting in the seat of, of running teams and business units, even on the enterprise side, historically, it seems like it's, it's a partnership because some of that, uh, if there is a need to apply some of the supervised world or some customization to it, that that can be reused for other efforts within that organization. So you only have to learn it once from, from a digital discovery tool perspective. Um, you know, obviously, we always want to tweak and better uh, better understand. Uh, I like to say I'm showing my age here back in the the old radio days, get that squelch knob, kind of fine tune that. And once you get it to kind of where it needs to be, you know, like it's, you know, you can you're set. things forward. Yep, you're set. You're set. So what is the uh, what is some like off off label use cases or some of the more unique ones that you may have encountered? Yeah, so. uh one of the more recent things we've 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 really been testing and trying to use it for is actually understanding more around customer journey mapping. Um, so when you think about uh, things like design thinking and and truly understanding your customer and putting them at the heart of, of what you do as an organization, one of the big things that you really want to understand is what's their journey? You know, what are their touch points with us and, and even beyond us as an organization? And so using the tool to help us really identify, you know, the highs, the lows uh, of that customer journey so that we can build you that that map and and help you better understand what your customer is going through when working with you, which for us typically isn't traditionally how we've used the tool. Most of the time, it's been really about the organization itself and, and understanding what, what your employees are going through. And now we're starting to, to steer it in, in other directions, such as, you know, 
Let's bring the customer voice in. And so now we have both our employees and our customers mm-hmm. helping us to, to make better decisions. Yeah. And I, if I'm not mistaken, uh, during the lockdown times, this tool was used for some pandemic research to find out the pulse of people, what they need. Is there anything you can elaborate on that? Yeah, definitely. So right around the time that uh, you know, entire workforces were being pushed to, to work from home. You know, it was it was certainly a trying time, you know, personally, uh, from a personal standpoint, let alone, you know, the need to continue to work. And so one of the things that we wanted to do was to provide um, folks that were going through this this unique challenge, the opportunity to let their organizations know, here are the the, the things that are um, not only challenges for me to, to continue to work and continue to, to provide value for the organization, but also here are some things that are helping me to do that. And so that really changed the conversation that organizations were able to have with their employees so that they could, you know, be there for them and offer the kind of support that they actually needed, not the support that they thought they needed. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So again, my gears are spinning. And so like this framework was there to help and assist employees in some of our collaboration corner episodes. One of the things we talk about is like, okay, well, returning the work is not going to be the way it used to be. A lot of organizations are engaging us daily on trying to find out how to like have this disparate solution of like people in sometimes, people not fully remote. So there's this like flux as organizations figure out how to take the changes they've made and make them permanent or like alter their their fundamental fundamental way they operate. So, you know, this is a great opportunity to take that, you know, the pulse for the pandemic and and make it the pulse of the remote worker continue this moving forward because, you know, it's not going to change because businesses have real uh, come to this realization that yeah, for sure people actually do work when they're at home because historically like don't work from home because they think you're watching like the price is right or whatever, but that's not the case, you know? So, so this is definitely a tool that organizations can use as we still come out of and have the way we change to work in in that line. Um, Also, I know in the show notes, we kind of wrote down and and with some, you know, pre-production stuff, this is a great way for business leaders to like really, really understand what's happening with their people you know and not just from like oh i feel good about my job i feel good about like truly connect in in, in a meaningful way because if you have the data points to have an understanding of of the 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 joy or strife that an employee is going through you're more apt to make business decisions that help affect a positive change if you're affecting a positive change, you're affecting, you know, their happiness, their work productivity, and eventually bottom line, right? Yeah, I think one thing that we've really learned is that um, given you know people working from home, there's this this broader sense of the whole employee, right? You're seeing it all, you're getting it all, you're turning on Zoom, and and you know, you're in their home with them, right? And so. Mm-hmm. How do we how do we still allow for, you know, that employee to be their whole self now back in the office, which, you know, typically was was a gated, you know, gated from from personal life. So is there an opportunity to provide them the ability to to be who they are and and will that make them more productive? You know, probably. Right. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I believe it's like I think there's use cases. So like some people like crave that that collaboration. Let's get together and rub elbows. And you know, some people just like really crave that on a day to day. Other people like, OK, as needed. And some people are like, I just want to sit in my corner and do my thing. So yeah. <laughs> like, get, getting that cross section across it all. And you made a good point. Like many years ago when somebody worked from home, how often was it that like they're working from home and their dog chirps off or, you know, they have a cat jump right in the front of the screen and be like apologizing and like, oh, my goodness, it's so unperfect. Now it's just like, here's my dog. (laughs) (laughs) There's time there's time allotted in meetings to say hi to the the pets and the kids. Right. Yep. 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 For sure. Well, I I have a a busy light outside my door and an LED bar that's like when I'm recording is like streams across recording. Keep quiet. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Unfortunately, there's no kids or dogs when I'm normally in here, but it happens, you know, for sure. So so, um, what's the future? Is Is there a digital discovery too? is there what's it look like yeah so um that's something that that we're constantly working on right as as the the market and and really the the ai industry continues to evolve and continues to grow rapidly it's something that we have to keep you know our finger on the pulse of so that we can continue to provide um cutting edge solutions with the tool um a lot of the things that that we're really experimenting with now um how do we incorporate uh, AI on the front end, so actually interacting a little bit more with the person taking the assessment, not your not your standard, you know, go in and, and answer these questions, but maybe it's a little bit more conversational. Um, how can we add some gamification to it so that maybe, maybe you're being rewarded for engaging with us um, and doing that through partnerships with the organization to, to provide those rewards um, and really turning this thing from more of, of a service that we provide provide to a platform that we can then connect uh, the the employees, the users with the, the business leaders and do so in a way that removes barriers between the two. Yeah, it makes sense. Makes complete sense. And then when you look at some of the conversations we've had on this show in other areas, you know, one of the things we see from a Microsoft perspective, aside from the the nerd now tech that helps enable those things you're talking about, um, like Viva Connections and, and a lot of these like health and well-being things that are being in- integrated with Teams. So like these solutions here that you're developing, you know, integrated in Teams helps that, and it creates that, you know, it's it's not that one place to go, the one ring that rules them all, if you will, uh, unabashed Lord of the Rings reference there. But um, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I encourage as much as possible into teams and tabs. And if it does, especially if it's a, a gamified version, I'm going to tell like my people, like put that on your tab and get your points, do your thing. And meanwhile, we're getting the, the valuable intel on on things at the back end, not in a creepy way, in a positive way. How can we affect right. positive change? You know, that that's the that's the goal. Right. So, um, yeah, for sure. So, you know, just kind of summing up what we've talked about so far. It's a great tool. It, it gives visibility and insight. It is for organizations that want to like really either understand what they should be doing next with solutions or approaches, how they want to engage with employees. Anything else you want to add to to that just to kind of sum it up? Yeah, if I had to kind of throw it into one sentence, you know, when we really talk about it, it's it's a tool that helps leaders really unleash the full potential of their organization by giving them a voice in the discussion. 
That's excellent. I like that. Thanks. That's a, that's a good one. That's a good one. All right. So uh, digital discovery, we'll put links in the show notes on how you can reach out to Aspirant uh, if you want to get more information about that. Uh, we'll also, because Joe has a Samsung or he don't, you have an Android, we're going to put your personal phone number in there too. So anybody can call you directly. I'm kidding. Um, so we'll definitely put contact information in the show notes to make sure that we can connect you if this is something that you feel will be a benefit to your organization. Uh, from a technology perspective, again, kind of, I always feel the urge to get down below that the geek line the hard deck um, there's a lot of cool stuff on the back end um, and, and I'm hoping that maybe in the future we'll, we have you back on a future show we can talk about you know maybe cognitive services AI ML algorithms all the all the stuff that all the all the sauce without all the specialty that makes it unique to aspirant if we can if you want to come back and dive in on that we'd love to have you I'd love the opportunity thanks for having me yeah, our pleasure our pleasure um, um, final final comment is uh, video of the week will be actually a digital download video um, that we will have a link to a permalink so you can get to it. I'll just give a quick overview again of the offering and uh, thank you everyone. Thanks again, Joe, and we'll see everyone next time. Bye. Today's show is brought to you by Aspirant. You aspire, together we achieve. This production is for information and entertainment purposes only. Not all technologies and items discussed are compatible with your system or specific configuration. Your knowledge may vary. Consult a professional before trying anything discussed on this show. Visit show notes for relevant information and links. We're good, man. We're good. I'm going to... Actually, first of all, I need to stop recording because we don't want it to end weird. (laughs) Because sometimes it, like, hangs on and, like, I've had, like, four hours of record of, like, empty silence. (laughs) Oh,